I'm a stats nerd, like it, from tracking stats on the back of baseball card, cards to a kid, right? Like I just, I love this stuff. So imagine how like counterintuitive it is for me to, to you know, launch this campaign this year and say, don't force the hashtag. If it's not about the hashtag Buckeye Love this year, it's about the feeling. Hey, y'all, and welcome to The Application, a podcast nestled nicely in the Enrollify Podcast Network. This is your guide, Corinne Myers, and I am so excited to share my love of high grad Marcoms, student experience, and campus squirrels. My friends at Rara were awesome enough to sponsor all of the insights and ideas I get to share with you over the course of the applications episodes. So let's get into it. Hi there, I'm Kevin Sagey. I am head of audience engagement at the Ohio State University. I'm not typically one to stress the there, but uh, <laughs> that's part of the name and part of the reputation. My job is to um, look at how we engage with our audiences in a really meaningful way. And you know, create experiences, create stronger connections to the brand, whether that's a, a student, alumni, you know, you know, we've got obviously a number of priority audiences. And, and I'll be honest, I did not know that was going to be my title even a year ago. So this is kind of a new direction with the university. My background is overseeing the enterprise social media for the last four years and just moved into this kind of newly created role. So it's exciting. Uh, it kind of taps into some of my background and the things I'm passionate about. So it's really uh, kind of an exciting path forward for the university and, and myself personally, too. You know, I, I, I've never seen audio engagement title in higher ed. And maybe I just haven't seen enough titles in my life. But for higher ed specifically, it feels like this is a unique position. So why now? Why is the Ohio State University focusing mm-hmm. on audience engagement? Yeah, so we're we're on a bit of a journey, and you know, again, I, I referenced. I didn't know that this would be my title, you know, even a year ago, and even had some conversations with my boss and mentors. But we've you know, we've reorganized as a as an institution in our marketing and communications group, really trying to bring marketing and communications together. And part of my background, past life, I was in sports in Chicago with the Cubs, and we had gone through this transition of merging merging groups and social media. You know, was Originally, the reason why I came here, you know, kind of lead a turnaround there, but my passion is really how all these channels work together to create an interesting experience, right? So that integrated marketing communications and how you're thinking through that audience lens first and what are they receiving from you? Not just in the moments that are important to the university, but the moments that are important to them in their life, right? And how can you kind of flip that paradigm, meet audiences where they're at in their life with content that's beneficial, information, experiences, right? And and be just a little more audience focused. And so for us, you know, I, I'm excited just because having gone through this transition before, I've been able to kind of see the, the excitement from your audiences when you kind of acknowledge what they're going through, what's important to them, and then you deliver what they'd hope for or more, right? You do surprise and delights and things like that. You talk about, you know, where you can get as a brand then, you know, if you're consistently delivering at expectations or beyond, uh, it just makes your brand that much stronger. So I think with us merging, you know, marketing communications and then being able to take a fresh look at, you know, what do we want to be for audiences? You know, what can we accomplish if we really kind of dedicate some resources to this? Just an exciting challenge to tackle. And 
So, so I feel heard, you know, first of all, just being at Ohio State and kind of having some of these conversations to, to have that be where my role transitions has been really exciting. But I think it's just more of a sign of the institution just being willing to, you know, go down this path. And I think it's a, it's a noble one. So we'll see. We're just at the ground level. I'm just getting buy-in and starting some of these activations, you know, like what I love and changing how, how we approach them. And so maybe we'll check back in in a couple of years too and <laughs> see yeah. how it's gone. It's interesting. So combining comms and marketing in higher ed is pretty unique. And then the the just uh, the act of breaking down silos between those teams is unique. Are you like what are the like the biggest challenges you've seen with this transformation? Yeah, it's it's funny because again, we're at the ground level. So right now even, you know, we're bringing partners in early in conversations, um doing a lot of listening, right and hearing hearing what the appetite is for this and what challenges may arise. And, you know, I have to laugh, but it's like every every time we kind of spell out this grand vision, one of the first things I hear back is this is going to be hard. I yeah, know I've, I've heard that, you know, and, and again, we're at a large kind of decentralized university. So it, it is going to be a challenge, but I think, you know, great things don't happen without great aspirations, right? Someone has to set out and kind of tackle these challenges. So, you know, I, I think when you're at an institution and, you know, I don't know if it's fair to call them silos because we absolutely kind of talk with each other and work with each other. But, but you're used to operating in your lane and you focus on what's important in your group. And then you may, you know, rise it up for visibility and then you're able to go, you know, go do the thing. And, you know, that, largely that's good. You want autonomy in your work. But I think when you're at a large place and you have a lot of shared audiences, think of a prospective student, right? A high school student who's very talented and is thinking about coming to Ohio State, we could easily create a lot of noise ourselves, let alone all the noise that we're up against externally with other universities, you know, you name it, other options in there. We could just step over each other and trip over each other trying to deliver one concise targeted message to that student if we're not aligned, right? And that's, that's the challenge we're trying to tackle is how do we kind of solve for the noise that we may create ourselves and try to be intentional about what we're communicating to that student in the moments that are really important to them. And if, if we can be the university that is delivering the most insightful answers to their questions that they have as they're pursuing this journey, right? And that's, we're consistently meeting them there. If we understand what their interest is in the programs, and then maybe all the other programs can kind of lay off them. <laughs> we let them focus on right where, where they're really interested. And we try to deliver that experience across the college and different colleges. You know, I think we just get a lot more refined, a lot smarter uh, about how we're going about our business. And then ultimately that means you're hitting your goals, right, more efficiently too. So that's, yeah, that's, that's the end goal. But it is. It's a big challenge. And I keep hearing that. So Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I love I love what you said about like not creating your own noise, right? It's hard enough to break through the noise of all the content that they're seeing, especially since, you know, a lot of that is friends and family and things you can't compete with, honestly. But creating more noise from your university, I mean, it feels like sometimes, you know, you get one too many emails from the university, from every college. So that's interesting. And I love that you keep using the word experiences because it really is that experience that the student is having, their expectations coming into those experiences, the experiences they're experiencing. And then what happens after that, the perceptions they take away and the behaviors at that follow. So I love that that take. So like, why, why now? Do you know why, why are suddenly not, maybe not suddenly, why 
is Ohio State focusing and doing it this way now? It's, that's a good question. I mean, I think some of it has to do with, you know, the internal makeup of the team and all that and, you know, leadership coming on board. We've got a new president, um, new leadership under her, a new mindset and perspectives there. That's something that has to do with the reality of, of, I mean, my God, look at what we've been through the last two years, right? Like, and, and as people are making choices, I mean, higher education, you know, has been questioned and the value of it and everything. And then you look at what have students been through? You know, what's the value they're going to get? Are they going to get that in-person experience? Are they going to get the same value if it's a hybrid learning environment? There's just, there's an opportunity to kind of question, you know, what's my next step and am I going to get value out of this, right? So I think pressure's on from a higher education standpoint to say and show, yes, you, you are going to get that value here and here's what that looks like and here's what that can feel like. And that's a number of things, right? It's, a number, it's obviously the degree you get and the education and how you can put that into practice. It's the, the network that you become part of and then there's the life experience too that you know, if you went to college, I'm sure, you, you know, most people have some pretty good stories about what that experience was and the friends they gained and the memories they made and some of the memories they forgot, maybe. So, so you know, how do you show all of that, you know, in, in a way that's compelling so that we continue to attract talent? It's just being proactive about the challenges that maybe the industry faces, will face, you know, has faced and being proactive and trying to you know, maintain a strong position, which fortunately Ohio State has held, but you want to make sure that we don't, we don't slip. So, so yeah, I think we feel a little more pressure to go ahead and, you know, improve that experience that, that folks have with us so they can be confident when they come here. What is, what is, where do you sit in the, like, in terms of offices and your, like, who's your boss? Like, what does that structure look like? Yeah, so we, we report directly to the president's office. That's a change. Uh, we had been sitting in the advancement office as a marketing team, and then our communications team you know, reported up to the president's office. So as we have you know, a new president, we have a new EVP of over the Office of Marketing and Communications. And then, so I report to our AVP of Brand Experience. His name is Justin Bell. He's done a wonderful job kind of assembling the brand team, if you will, of thinking through just about every touch point you could have, whether that's on our various channels, whether that's the branding, you know, the, all the way down to the typography we use and logos and things like that, you know, to, yeah, videography and you name it. So, so I say I report directly to, to Justin within, and we're, like I said, within the president's office now. Oh, nice. So that's an interesting from advancement to office that directly reports up. That's that's interesting and a great move, I think. I think everybody agrees. It might be a little biased if, as we're in marketing as well, but a great sure. move anyway <laughs> by the university. I, I think so. It's, it's, it's removed a little bit of, um, I guess, question of role, right? When you sit in kind of an enterprise team, you know, now the question is kind of clear, like we are, we are truly enterprise. And I think when you're within a unit, you know, we, we acted as an enterprise unit. You know, there's just some question of, you know, if you're in advancement, do you prioritize their work or what percentage of your work is with advancement, right? And some of those questions are kind of resolved now. Interesting. Elizabeth Parkinson, right, is your... Yeah, yeah. She was yeah. my boss at University of Michigan. She is my... Oh, wonderful. She's, she's awesome. My I, favorite person, we, yeah. honestly. She is tremendous. So... Elizabeth deserves so much credit for just, you know, bringing the teams together. You know, she's just a very 
empathetic leader, very like trust trustworthy, like trust her team. So yeah, we'll have to keep talking on that thread because that, you know, yes. I'm curious to learn more about your experiences with her, but she's she's just been incredible. Yeah, she amazing, amazing leader like you said. I think she's the reason for lots of things I'm doing professionally now. So I miss That's her awesome. terribly. Even though she went to the Ohio State University, I forgive her. You could let her know that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored that you're having me on the podcast. To, oh, to it's talk. hard. This is really hard for me, actually. <laughs> My husband, I'm sure, is not going to appreciate this. No. I will say, I think there's, I think there's a lot of professional respect. I mean, the rivalry is fun to live into, and you know, I, I wouldn't change anything about that. We have a lot of fun with it, you know, with our audiences, but. But I just think there's a lot of professional respect. You have to kind of tip your hat when, when people are good at what they do and you look across the aisle and you just see a lot of talent. And so, yeah. So, and I was glad Elizabeth saw that as well. And yes. was able to join us. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'll have to text her later and tell her about this. Right. So the reason I reached out to you originally, right, was this campaign that you all launched. And it, it feels like it was maybe a Valentine's Day campaign. Can you explain a little bit about the campaign, the name, the idea behind it, and, and why why it was launched? Yeah, sure. And it, what a, it's an interesting observation on the Valentine's Day piece, because that the campaign is called Buckeye Love. Um, and originally, like, it absolutely was rooted, you know, it's always been around this time of year. You know, it's been going, I don't know, since 20, you know, I was able to find tweets and posts and logos back to 2014 or so and it really started it's been an affinity campaign and it's merged a little bit in its purpose so you know largely we span a couple weeks and it started with you know stories of love like how did you meet your spouse here you know and then advancement would take that and you know use it in some fundraising efforts too and you know it kind of I want to say it was it was a light engagement campaign with purpose but it was fairly fluffy right we love you, you love us, you love being a Buckeye, you know, let's tell our stories and let's, you know, let's celebrate that. Feels good for a couple weeks and then you move on. Where we're at in the world today is different. It's, you know, things aren't all sunshine and rainbows, right? So to just kind of launch a campaign every year and say, let's, you know, hey, it's time to tell us why you love us again, right? (laughs) We want to tell you that we love you and, you know, life is good and sunshine, rainbows, you know, clap our hands. That's not the world we're living in today. And so we've really intentionally shifted to focus the campaign on kindness. It's something that our world needs more of today. You know, as, as people have struggled going two plus years in a, in a pandemic, you know, there's science behind kindness, both receiving it and giving it, what that can do from a mental health benefit and a sense of community. Um, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get really nerdy from a marketing perspective if that's okay, yes, which I think is please. your your like your vibe anyways. So you this won't be lost on you and and your audience. So with Ohio State, we've done a ton of like research and just investment in understanding our brand. And out of that work have come these brand equities we call them, and it's things that strengths of the brand that we know exist not in our minds or not just things that we hope are true, but going out to our audiences and understanding what's your perception of Ohio State, what's your experience with us, that we know our strengths, that just time and time again come back as a theme about Ohio State. And one of them is a sense of community here. And that's whether 
you're on campus as a student and you've got good faculty relationships and you know advisors or with your peers or you become part of a huge alumni network which you know again having experience at a large university you know that can be flipped on its head and people will say oh you're so big that you get lost in the shuffle right i can speak for ohio state with the research that that's not the case and we've got you know a lot of class sizes that are intimate a lot of relationships with our faculty but the alumni network even you know if you're wearing an Ohio State shirt and you're walking down the street and someone someone's going to shout OH to you and you know to respond IO. And there's little things like that that kind of reinforce that sense of community. So for us, we call it this brand equities, which is nerdy. And we, it's more of like an in-house, right? In-house term. But we look at those brand equities and you think, how do you... How do you keep them going? Keep those alive. That's good stuff, right? That's a fire you want to keep going, right? So how do we keep kind of putting some kindling on on that fire and maybe even strengthen them? Let's put a bigger log on that fire so it burns a little brighter, right? So how can we do creative things to live into our strengths and keep them going, if not grow them? So for us, caring community is a very important one right now. Um, You know, again, not only two years of pandemic, in February, you're getting into the doldrums of winter. There's a lot. There's a lot politically. You know, there's just a lot going on. You know, in the world that it just it all adds up to to a lot where kindness can be needed. So, one uh, thing I love about this change that we made this year, we've largely been addressing kindness the last couple of years, but instead of stretching it out over a couple of weeks, doing some isolated you know activations here and there, we just said we're gonna. We're going to blow it out in one day. Let's try to be really impactful, really targeted with a message, and try to hit everyone so that it leaves you with that experience and impression here that I can't turn the corner, I can't go to class, I can't go to get lunch without being touched or, you know, like by an act of kindness or receiving a kind message somewhere. So we really lived into that. It was exhausting. It was, <laughs> we planned so much. But it was so rewarding to see how it paid off. So a number of things from the central, you know, like enterprise level, we started a couple of things that we knew were going to hit a lot of people in mass. You know, I've got an example here. You know, a couple of things. We've got these cards, very simple, you know, hi, share kindness is our logo with Buckeye Love. We printed up 40,000 of these from a university side and another, I think 20,000 from the medical center side. We just put them on windshields, put them in windshield wipers, put them under dorm room doors, slid them under. And, you know, so that's that's a nice kind of base layer. We gave them to medical center employees as they reported to work. So you get this, you're like, what is this? Is this like an extended car warranty? Luckily it's got Ohio State branding, so you know it's not just total spam. But you get it and you open it up. If I can do it not so awkwardly on camera here. There's a message for you, and it just talks about the value of being part of a community and that we're glad you're here. And we want you to further that sense of community. So we are also giving you, you know, little thank you cards and just a couple little cards to pay it forward. Pass along the kindness. You know, again, blank cards that you write in, got the logo, you know, you know facilitate that sharing of kindness. So now you've got 120,000 cards out there, right? Where for people can pass along the kindness. And then we also had hundreds of these signs. 
I hope you don't mind the props. Oh no, this is great. <laughs> so this says you are accomplishing so much, or look how far you've come. Some of them are like, you know, be the reason someone smiles today, or you know, I think the most popular one was go little rock star. Um, <laughs> you know, and these were written by students for each other, distributed by students for each other. We had over 140 student volunteers that passed out all these cards, plus plus faculty and staff. That was kind of the base layer of the activation, so that you just, we knew we were gonna have a lot of representation, right? A lot, a lot of coverage there. And then the part that we weren't sure of was everyone else. Like, we, we rolled it out to our community. We've got hundreds of marketers and communicators across campus that, you know, you're in marketing communications. I think we like to think we're great people and you want to do well. And you, you know, and we put them to the task and said, look, this is what we're doing. This is the goal of the day. This is the feel that you want people to leave with that day, that they're, it's truly this impactful, like, oh my God, like something's happening here. Like this is, this is a cool thing taking place. And so, so we're going to challenge you. Essentially, don't be the car in the Starbucks pay it forward line that like stops the right. <laughs> that stops the you know the the trend you know like that keep it rolling right keep that momentum going so that when folks get in your building or they log into your Zoom class you know they go into your residence hall that you keep it going and we're not going to tell you how to do it you know the concept is simple be kind make people feel appreciated and that they're part of a caring community. And we can't wait to see what you do. And there's a, you know, a little bit of anxiety that comes with right. <laughs> not, not being able to plan it all out and, and want to, you know, if you, you know, you're type A at all, you know, you, you may want to control that environment. But, oh, my gosh, to see what our different units came up with was so cool. And just they took it above and beyond where we, we would have expected and you know, down for like from the president to other leaders, you know, deans urging their faculty to incorporate kindness into their classes. You've got professors baking for their classes and bringing treats in. Brutus ran around and gave out, you know, cards and hugs and things. We had libraries giving out cookies. We had health sciences libraries printed these huge signs because they knew there's, they have so much foot traffic in front of their building. Like we're gonna reach a lot of people. And people, the units just took on these expenses and this, this challenge and really ran with it. And Buckeye Paws, which is a therapy dog program, you know, go out and mingle with people, you know, at the medical center, give out treats. I mean, I, I, could, I could go and go and go of some of the examples and I'll forget more than I remember because there were just so many. But it is so cool to see how the community embraced it. And... Then you go and you see the chatter online, right? And you get to hear the chatter back and see how it resonated. And it was worth it all. Worth the all-nighters leading up to it to see students reciting, like literally saying things that you could pull out of the nerdy brand decks, right? That we <laughs> right. build. And when you see it on Reddit and you're like, I know that's that's your truth zone, right? Yes. Reddit is where like people really will dish. And to see like the the positive feedback there, and everywhere on social, it just it was really cool. So that's incredible. It was a long-winded overview of the campaign, but you could tell we're pretty excited about it. 
Let's talk about Rara, the generous sponsors of the application. They truly fit right into my obsession with experience management because they've built an app to ensure your students can discover, access, and connect with resources, programs, and generally all things happening on campus. Check them out at raralife.com. We don't get to see, you know, I saw a tweet. We don't get to see the back, the all the work. And it's amazing that you trusted your campus to do the things and translate it, but do it in their own way. I feel like as central communicators, especially, we tend to squeeze on and hold on to things and not mm-hmm. trust those campus partners. But like you said, it was amazing and probably better than you could ever have done if you would have had controlled what they were going to do or like, you know, told them what to do that, you know, they have, then they have passion, they are doing it on their own. So it's incredible. I guess you mentioned surprise and delight earlier, which is a term we often hear in customer service and marketing outside of higher ed. Would you consider this a surprise and delight tactic? And what other, what other surprise and delight things do you think about throughout the year? Yeah, it's, it is one of, I just love surprise and delights. I've like, I just, I've made lifelong friends doing things for my job that surprise and delights are fun because no one, no one asks you to do them, right? Like very rarely are you going to go somewhere and, and they say, we, we want you to pull off 200 surprise and delights this year and go like, you know, go at it and, you know, do this thing. So it's something that I feel like a lot of times it's generated by, you know, by us and you see the opportunity and you're listening for in the right places and you see these opportunities and you you hope as an organization that you are set up where you can capitalize on those opportunities to to delight, right? <laughs> like someone when the opportunity presents itself. And so I, I would consider this whole Buckeye Love campaign was largely a surprise and delight campaign as much as it could be having to coordinate and get 150 student volunteers and having to you know get your units in order it's a fairly sizable group that's planning it but largely the the campus was positively stunned kind of you know at, at, at how this all unfolded in terms of other places you know we used to we built a whole program around engagement and you know down to creating a role around it that was something that I find I find very important, that one-to-one engagement. So I'll, I'll go to my past life for a minute here because I think it helps shape like some of the why, at least the, the efforts that I'm personally involved with at Ohio State. There's many other people who do this really well too, so I don't mean to take any all the credit for this, but past life at Wrigley Field, you know, I would, we'd look up mentions of Wrigley Field or our mentions of Twitter, and we have thousands of people coming to the ballpark every day, right? Sometimes it's in April when games were cold and we'd have promo gloves in the office. And this is literally like grassroots, no budget, just finding opportunities to go like, say they're at Wrigley Field, you see they're a family with kids, and I would go out myself and go hand them gloves and hats, right? A $20 like expense, maybe, $15, you know, whatever it may be. And what the impact was on that family and then who they told, the word of mouth marketing, right? You get a ton, a ton of return on that spend, if you will. And then if you can scale that up and do some really impactful surprises, you might get a lot of PR around that, right? You might, you just build this reputation and, and we did that. And again, I have lifelong friends that I literally met by delivering gloves in their seats. Their, ball, their family to the ballpark after a family loss or some, you know, something like that. So fast forward to Ohio State. 
And it was like, okay, I'm back to grassroots. Like I kind of built the, the, the program and the trend there. And it's, you know, you can go to a new place. And again, sometimes you could just think of the expense that that could incur, right? And you have to prove value on this. So, so Buckeye Love actually, tying it back to, this is five years ago now, ran the campaign and I literally like sat, you know, engaged with, it was over a hundred people. And I logged all of those engagements in a spreadsheet. And, you know, it could be anything from you took care of my cat at your vet, you know, veterinary center to I met my spouse there, right? Logged them in a spreadsheet. Our day of giving was a couple weeks later. And I spent my day of giving in a basement tweeting back to the people <laughs> who had shared their Buckeye love stories. And where it was appropriate, you know, said... Hey, Corinne, I remember, you know, that you told your story about Pat the Cat and how we saved his life at the, you know, Veterinary Medical Center. Thought you'd want to know that donations are being matched right now to benefit the medical center for our day. Here's a link if you're interested. The people that we engaged with at that personal level were eight times more likely to, to give and donate and click that link and give than our audience at large, Right. Okay, phew, boom, now I've got a stat right. <laughs> where I can prove, the, right? I've got a stat on ROI where I can prove like that that level of engagement matters, right? And it could impact. And imagine if we could scale that up. Imagine if we had a person focused on that, right? And, and a program, a little bit of budget. So we got that. And then uh, we started doing some creative things. We'd send out, you know, jerseys or things for pets or whatever it may be, you know, where, where the opportunity presented itself. And then the pandemic hit and a lot of the fun, fluffy stuff that you like to do that kind of led to a lot of our turnaround and metrics for social. It just wasn't as appropriate. So we switched gears and honestly, we started sending care packages to families, you know, who reached out that their loved one had COVID or and sometimes it's a message, sometimes just a handwritten card signed by people in our office. And sometimes it was something a little more when you understand, you know, you could tell if they're a big Disney fan. Let's get them something Disney related, right? And just that, that little extra personal touch. And it just, again, saw the, the strengthening connections that we have with those folks. And it, it takes it takes time, you know, like to, to do that. You don't always know the ROI, but what I can tell you is that that family's connection with us that received that care package, they'll be telling that story for years. And they do, and we hear about it, right? And And when you get those stories back to you, you know, it's so cool to just know that there's that, again, I'll put it in marketing language, the word of mouth marketing happening about your brand in dining rooms and wherever, you know, like in home living rooms where people are talking about you in those terms. That's, that's a hard place to get to. We talk about impressions and Re, you know, re, brand recall and all these stats of just like, did people see your billboard? Did they see your tweets? Did they, they remember what you're trying to put out there? It's hard enough to get people to remember your Facebook ad, let alone like be the subject of someone's story in their family room when they gather for Thanksgiving. So to me, that's a really powerful place to be and it's worth investing a little time and energy in. It's amazing. That's like, you know, Coming from somebody who's pretty, you know, central communications office at a university, literally doing experience marketing, but at like a personalized level and being supported in that way, right? Your office and your team and your boss support you in that way. And that's incredible. I think, I think we're seeing a shift 
in higher ed, especially in getting out of COVID, that the experience, the the multiple experiences and the experiences that people are having with not just higher ed, with brands in general, it's what matters. That's what matters. It's not, you know, the price. It's not all these other things. It's the experiences they have with those organizations and how can we create experiences that are memorable and that they'll talk about. Like you said, that we need things that will trigger this this word of mouth marketing, if you will. So that's incredible. Do you have any colleagues outside of Ohio State that do what you do? I don't know. I don't <laughs> it's know so either. New. I, mean, I, I just, you know, it's funny because I, I personally, right, just, I was PR and social media um, and oversaw both in my past life. And then when I came to Ohio State, it was social media, you know, senior director of social media. And when we started talking about our new structure, we call them like pods that we oversee. So we've like kind of these, it's almost like essentially a sub-function that we've created, a few of them. And right now we've got a leader of each pod and eventually we'll build out the team. But those pods, like we have head of titles. And I didn't know how to react to that. You know, I didn't, and, and this won't surprise anyone who's watching this, my boss or, you know, Elizabeth or, you know. But I went to my mentees. I had a, I'm on a nonprofit board and a lot of my mentors are on that board. And I sat down with several when I was back in Chicago and I asked them for their like opinions on this, uh, this title, this role, this like direction, because it feels very like Silicon Valley-esque, right? <laughs> like a head of audience engagement. What does that mean? And, and it was funny because one of my mentors who used to work at McDonald's, she said, look, the industry is largely going in this direction. She said, I, I look at you know, the titles and the departments there now. And she's like, I haven't been gone that long and I barely recognize half the titles. And some of them, I don't, couldn't even tell you what that person does. And there's some really dramatic examples of that. At least I think mine's somewhat understandable. But it gave me comfort that, okay, I'm not alone, right? I'm not out there as like this, I don't know, this weirdo with a title that no one understands. Like it, it, it does seem to be like the beginning of an industry shift. So when you go look at LinkedIn, not that I have job alerts on or anything, but you you search the head of title and there's actually a decent amount of, uh, you know, of titles like that. And I found some examples of, you know, audience engagement, brand experience, things like that. But I think it's, it's not a space that's so well defined that you could say like head of advertising. Okay. I know what that is, right? Like I know what that could be. I think it is you know, a, a space that, you know, not a lot of people have built out yet, um, which is exciting. You know, it's, it's kind of cool to be early in on a, on a trend, hopefully. Well, it's interesting that you're in a higher ed institution and early in on something, right? So like we were used to higher ed kind of being, you know, a little behind and kind of slow, but it feels like if higher ed does, they do student experience well, it feels like more so than other industries outside of higher ed. But the movement of it becoming a central marketing and communications function and being very intentional about surprise and delight student experience and having it be the center of marketing communications across campus feels different to me anyway. It feels like a change and a shift. And I think we can unfortunately look at COVID as the reason it's being pushed harder because again, experience is what we're, we're seeing across a consumer's consumer experience period. 
right, is what we're seeing as the, the trend and what differentiates everybody. Especially when you can now get a degree online, right? What makes you different? And those are, like you said, it's the experiences and the connection and how do I feel when I think about my alma mater or when I think about applying to this school. So it's an incredible thing and it's so hard to measure. I think that's why it's, it's kind of being slow. I, if you saw me just light up, I'm literally facing that challenge right now. I mean, I was, as you were wrapping up your thought there, I was just like, you know what? I, I think, I think I have to be honest about a little challenge with all this because we're so used to, so Buckeye Love is a good example, right? We would track the hashtag, you track the sentiment around it and compare year over year, how much was it discussed and, you know, what was our impact, our potential impressions, blah, 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 right? And you want to have... I, I am a numbers guy through and through. I mean, that that whole engagement campaign I referenced earlier, right? Like getting to that eight times more likely share figure. Like I am a stats nerd, like it, from tracking stats on the back of baseball card, cards to a kid, right? Like right. I just, I love this stuff. So imagine how like counterintuitive it is for me to, to you know, launch this campaign this year and say, don't, force the hashtag if it's not about the hashtag buck i love this year it's about the feeling like it is about the feeling that we're delivering and we're going to make choices led by that to the point that we did not invite media cameras on campus to cover it that day because if you're doing a surprise and delight campaign but there's tv cameras there to like capture it that changes the feel, right? It feels like it's a little bit more about us than it is about you and, and delivering that experience to you directly. So that's great. And I, and you can feel good about like, yep, we, boy, we really put the audience first and their feelings. How do you measure? <laughs> you know, not everyone goes and shares their feelings on a, uh, platform, let alone one that you can track well, like Twitter, right? They post an Instagram story. I remember last year or two years ago, we did Buckeye Love and I was riding the bus. It was more of a Valentine's Day activation that day. And we did a, a bus where we decked it out and we had free candy. And I remember riding that bus, seeing the strategy come to fruition. Like people got on, it was like the, you know, surprise and delight of like what is this this is so cool it's decorated i got free candy it's you know got music pumping they're taking pictures and they're like you know literally taking pictures of the treat that they got and i watched them like post it to an instagram story instead of tweeting right and you're like i literally got to watch the entire flow to the the desired outcome and that will not be captured in a metric, right? Like, because we can't, just down to the logistics of we couldn't capture private Instagram story shares. Like, what a challenge to, you know, <laughs> like, to overcome. And that was in a time where we wanted people to share the hashtag more and, you know, and leaned into it even more then. So, so we're, we're right now, we're having those discussions with, with our strategy team on measuring and you know, is it more, you know, getting a, getting a sentiment through surveys of how people feel about Ohio State and the caring community, and then trying to get more like qualitative feedback too on what makes you feel that way and seeing how campaigns like Buckeye Love show up. We've got a, a Grow Kindness campaign in a month where we're just giving out succulent plants, 10,000 plants to students. And 
again, take one for yourself and take one to give away. It's going to be a really cool campaign. You know, as you do these things over and over again, you hope that as you survey people, I guess, you like, you know, they're, they're showing these things as the examples of why they feel supported. But it's not an exact science. So, so we're sorting through that right now and, and how you show that impact. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of, well, how are we going to measure this? Like, I can't do it. How are we going to measure it? You know, that kind of talk and then seeing just coming out of COVID as a different marketer, really, and seeing the impact of just actually like human connection. And again, these kinds of experiences and how important they are. And how do you, as someone who realizes it and knows that it's important, tell somebody who doesn't and be like, yeah, we should do this, but no, you're not going to get a report from me. And we might see a 2% increase in sentiment, but I can't tell you it was this thing. I can just tell you in general, our efforts did this change. It's a super, it's a, it's a big challenge, but I think if you're looking at the data with, so the organizations that have these giant systems that can track, you know, everything they are seeing it and they are approving ROI on it. You just have to trust, I guess, that within your own institution who may not have these, the budget to track every single living thing that it's making a difference. So I think it's interesting and I'd love to hear you know, in a couple of years, those rep- what what are you putting on those reports to to talk about? You know how how this campaign goes. Isn't that such a hard? You use the word trust, and that's such a hard place to be. Trust me, like <laughs> right. <laughs> trust me, it's making an impact like that. You know, invest this money in you know in this campaign. Trust me, it will make a difference, and people will feel good. Like right. that's so hard. And I never would I think, like, again, being the numbers guy, and like, never would I think we'd be here, you know, and I would be making a case to do something that you couldn't necessarily directly correlate and track. Like, that's just yes. not, that's not my MO. And it's like, so I feel a little irony here. I, I will say one thing that I've found, though, that's really helpful is the, the examples matter. I mean, the, like, the numbers are helpful. But when you can tell a memorable story, you know, to, to bring that concept to life, and then you can envision it scaling up, it, it helps. And one, you know, I remember one example of like being a, a social media guy and like I was up just scrolling Instagram and I got a DM on the Ohio State account. It was like one in the morning. And like we're set up, we have a monitoring night on our team. Someone takes the evening and is monitoring for things, maybe not actively responding all the time, but especially during COVID and and other things that pop up, safety, you know, like you want to be on as a brand and just be covered. And that was, that was my night. So shame on me. I wasn't in bed yet. (laughs) And uh, I get this DM and it was two students who had been accepted DMing every college that they had been accepted to. And they said, first one to respond is where we're going to go. <laughs> Do I really want to be responding, you know, like at one in the morning from a brand account? Screw it. I'm doing it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so we, we were like, we had kind of a, like a chat bot on, you know, where it's like, Hey, we're not here right now, but you know, I don't know, send, you know, we'll have to get to your message soon kind of thing. Right. So they were just had happy with that. And they're like, oh, well, like, you know, 
oh, see what it is. And I responded and I just said something like, Ohio State, it is indeed. Like, can't wait to see you in the fall. Or something like with like a smiley face of just like, I'm a person, you know, like right. I'm definitely a person. This isn't like a automated response. And then, I mean, I got expletives. I got like, you know, like holy, you know, like just like they were, it blew their mind that, you know, the, their brand, this college that, you know, they were interested in responded. So it went well, parking lot that for a few months. In the fall, we're just curious, you know, we're talking and we looked up in our student database, like, do you think those guys actually came? And both did. Wow. And and I'm 100% sure that that was the reason why. There's no other factors. Right. So. <laughs> so the ROI on that is their tuition times two on that message that Thank you me. sent on. See, there we go. We got data. And the giving they'll give as an alumni moving forward and, t- you know. Right. The lifetime <laughs> of value those. of a student. Man, you just, there you go. You should like take a break yeah, the rest just, of the year. Justified my existence. So. <laughs> But things like, you know, there's a, we've got a few stories that like, you kind of remember that. And then you think about like, not everyone's going to have that exact extreme of a case. But when you start to build up stories after story and show that you've built some momentum and some regularity of like this making an impact, it just helps build a little faith in the, in the process. So. Absolutely. It's incredible. I mean, it's honestly inspiring to know so I, I talked to Jenny Petty before this, and they they are hiring a experience manager as well, which is similar to what oh. you're describing. I'm just seeing these kind of pop up a little bit. And it's very encouraging to see this movement toward experience, student experience from the brand people, the individuals in charge of the brand, as opposed to student life, who should still be doing it, obviously. But it's an interesting move. Um, I think, to central comms and how this will adapt over the next couple of years, because it really is a differentiator that you can do and act on today, right? It's not, it's not, you're not promising anything. You're providing the value in the moment. It's interesting. So any last wrap up statements or things you want to say before I I hit stop recording? Uh, You know, I... I've actually found this very validating, right? I've, I've learned a lot from you too, even just the impressions and having you, you know, looking at this environment and, you know, almost kind of confirming that we are, we are early in this process. Um, and it's, it's been fun to, to learn and share some of it out. One thing that does come to mind on the student life perspective is, is partnering with student life is so important. And we found even like launching TikTok, I think as, communicators, marketers, you're kind of used to like, you start your account, you've got the passwords, you publish the content, you know, that that model. When we launched TikTok, we just partnered with Student Life. We share the, t- we share the account, share the passwords, work with students across the university, showcase what's important to them. That's been a really successful model. So that's just a, a small tip. If you're thinking about that space or you're in that space and kind of getting your, your footing still, we have found a tremendous value, both from ideation and resources of getting students, you know, who can post directly. So it is more peer to peer, all the way down to like the, just the logistics of like building your team out. I mean, we're all kind of strapped, right? So adding TikTok is kind of intimidating from a content creation standpoint. 
and even just down to the logistics of having help creating content. So that's that's a small tip I'd, I'd leave. If you can work with Student Life, I think it's worthwhile. It's It's been a good partnership for us. That's a, a great idea. I think as partnering with your campus as much as possible, building those relationships and really handing the keys over to students because that's who your audience wants to see. That's who they identify. And they know they know the trends. They know that the landscape better than any of us would ever hope to know, um, especially the undergrads. So that's that's super, the you know, the first year undergrads. It's super interesting. So I'm not going to go check out your TikTok now, now that you've mentioned that. And I didn't realize I would be, you know, fangirling over Ohio experience marketing, but gosh, I probably even shouldn't say that since, you know, I could literally like see is University it, of Michigan. It is the <laughs> ultimate compliment that has made my day. And I will only tell a few people and then all of your listeners as well. That's okay. <laughs> we'll yeah, hear it's it, fine. But, they can judge me. Yeah. That's a wrap for this episode. Please rate and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And remember, a better student experience is always the answer.